You are listening to the audio ministry for More Nations Church, Cardiff. Well, I've got a message for you this morning. It's a simple one. I know you like simple. I do too. And basically it's this, to know Jesus more. Okay, It's all about Jesus. Jesus is already talking about beautiful one. But if you want to give a title to the message, because I know some people like to put in their notes a little title or for the podcast if you want. Um, the title is Jesus in You Equals Success. Jesus in You Equals Success. Success in your marriage, success in your job, success in your life, success in your friendships. Jesus in You. Apart from Him, you won't have success. But Jesus says it's you and me together. Okay? So praise God. I just want to point reference Isaiah 5.13. This is New King James Version about knowledge. Therefore, my people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. People are, have, are held captive and don't move forward because they lack knowledge. And today, God wants to open our hearts, open the scriptures to show us again to bring freedom to us. Okay? He doesn't want us to remain in a place of captivity, but a place of freedom. Amen? So that's the purpose of knowledge. When we hear the word of God, it's not just for you to hear a nice sermon, but the knowledge should open your heart of who Christ is, who you are, and who we are together. Amen? So if you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 7, and we'll dive right in. There's two uh, particular areas of scripture I'm going to share from. Matthew 7, just as a foundation thing, and then uh, John 15. Okay? So Matthew 7. The word of God is wonderful. All scripture is God-breathed, useful for teaching. Oh, rebuking. Can we remove that word? We can't, though, can we? It's part of the scriptures. Encouraging and training for righteousness and that we are prepared for, for every good work. So the purpose of this training and the purpose of the word is to encourage us and equip us. If you understand that, you don't get uneasy when certain parts of the scripture come to you to bring conviction, not condemnation. Okay? So we're reading from Matthew 7. Again, this is more a foundation of to prepare us for John 15. Okay? Matthew 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. I don't hear any amens or excitement about that part of scripture. It's because it's the way you've received it. But if you understand the scriptures that all scripture is here to encourage us, it changes the way you receive I'm not looking at the negativity of what God's saying. I'm saying Jesus is helping us to say, don't just get caught up in miracles. Just don't get caught up in seeing numbers. Just don't get caught up in the prophetic. Those are all who I am. But if that is your focus, you've missed. I'm your focus. Okay? So I'm not dismissing miracles. Those are important. But they cannot be the thrust, the thrust of what we do. 
It's intimacy with Jesus. So Jesus is helping us. He's not condemning. He's saying, I'm helping you. These are the things I just want to warn you about. It's about you and me walking out this together. Okay? So you're encouraged? Say, I love the scriptures. Praise God. So we know it's about knowing Jesus. It's not just about doing some acts. It's about knowing Jesus intimately and the Father. Can I encourage us? And the Father. I was talking to somebody who said, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And the Father. Let me be very clear. We hear a lot about Jesus and not a lot about the Father. But every time Jesus was among the world, he constantly referred to the Father. I'm here because of the Father. I am who I am because of the Father. And therefore, it's not just about Jesus, it's about Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit. So it's right that we say it is all about Jesus, but it's all about the Father as well. It's all about the Holy Spirit as well. Because they all work together. And it's a beautiful thing that it is all about Jesus, but it's also about the Father and the Holy Spirit and you and me. Oh, it's not about me. No, no. Jesus, I come to give you life and bring you into our family. We're together in this. Amen? Amen. I hope you can receive that. It doesn't mess with your theology. Okay? But I want to make reference just to in the ten lepers. Many of us are familiar with the ten lepers that came, got healed, but only one came back. Okay? That means nine of them sought a miracle only. One came back praising God. That's why it's important. Mark says, don't give someone a miracle without Jesus. Without them knowing Jesus. It's worthless otherwise. You're just prolonging somebody's life. That's all you're doing. But the most important thing is Jesus. And here's the difference thing. A miracle is for a moment. A healing is for a moment. Salvation is for eternity. And intimacy with God is forever. And that's the beautiful thing. He became whole when he came back and praised God. So we just want to know that God is interested in being with us and living with us. Amen? So let's jump to John 15. Praise God. Now we're going to get some into the love and being part of the vine. Now just so you know, God obviously speaks in imagery throughout the Bible. And he talks about a lot of it. He talks about us looking like a vine or a tree a lot. You know? Give me your best tree impression. Some of you are just going like this. But God speaks to us to display that's what defines us as men. So he talks about that in the imagery of the Bible. So with John chapter 15, we're going to read. This is about the vine and the branches. I'm just going to read from John 15 through till 17. John 15, 1 through 17, and then we'll go from there, okay? I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Amen? Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. Okay? It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Okay? This is the part of where God's talking. Jesus in you equals success. Okay? 
I am the vine, you are the branches. Okay? I am the vine, you are the branches. I am not the vine. Say, I am not the vine. It's important to know our place in the vine. Okay? And know that Jesus is the vine, the Father is the gardener, and we are the branches. Okay? That helps us understand when God moves and works in our life. Okay? I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown away into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. God's heart for you and me is to bear much fruit. Not a little bit, much fruit. His heart is for you and I to succeed in all areas of life. Okay? Showing yourselves to be my disciples. Again, this shows that we are his disciples. Okay? To the world. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have obeyed in the Father's commands and remain in his love, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that joy may be complete. Whose joy is in you? His joy. Whose joy? So it's not something I make up or manufacture. It's coming out of that well of who we are. So when we gather to corporately and someone says, God just wants us to be thankful and sure, there shouldn't be a delay in our response. You say, oh, T, t- you're telling you know, I want to encourage you who you are. Who we are as the people of God. And the heart of the Father is for us to be fruitful and bear much fruit. Amen? So remain in his love. I have told you this so that your joy may be in me, joy and my joy may be complete. We know that. My command is this. Here it comes. Commands. See, I don't like to be told what to do. Uh, now, this has been happening among the body here. I'm, I'm going to be honest because we're, we're family here. People says, I don't like to be told what to do. You can't be a disciple of Christ. He is Lord. Now, he doesn't tell you to do it and say, get down and do it. That's not how he responds. If you get that impression, that is wrong. But he does tell us what to do. He commands us. And here's a beautiful thing. This is what we love. Okay, ready? Say, get, I'm ready. Let's see your branches. Oh, there we go. All right. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. All right, let's practice it. Turn to someone and say, oh, I love you. Go ahead, reach out and let your branches touch. Say, I love you. Oh, there it is. Now we're rubbing. (laughs) Don't touch me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. That's a wonderful thing that Jesus is saying to you and I. 
We are his friends. Not only his sons, but his friends. Okay? I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know what's master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything I have learned. My father, I have made known to you. Isn't this great? God not wants to withhold anything from you. He wants, us to, reveal, he wants to reveal everything to us of the kingdom of God. Amen? Okay. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Ooh, I like that kind of fruit. This isn't the fruit that you pick and it gets ripe and then rottens. This is fruit that will last. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. God is good. Now reading that, there's a lot of things in there. Talks about Jesus being the vine. Talks about us being the branches. Talks about the Father being the gardener. See, the Father plays a part in our life, not just the Holy Spirit. Okay, But he works through the Holy Spirit and with the Holy Spirit. They're all at work to help us be fruitful. Okay? So my first point you want to say is, prune me, please. Prune me, please. Just say it with me. Prune me, please. It's like you're ordering something at McDonald's. Prune me. I want to help you with something that the enemy has put in the church Pruning does not happen because you are bad. You're not being pruned because you're bad. It's important we hear that. Because the reality of it is we all are pruned. Because he loves us to be more fruitful. So that means you're producing fruit. But he wants you to be even more fruitful. Okay? So our Father does the pruning to make us even more fruitful. He's a loving gardener, isn't he? He doesn't come in the garden and just say, let's get the machete out and hack and chooch. He's got a nice pair of scissors and he's coming to prune. Okay? But it's not because we're bad, because his heart is to make us more fruitful. Okay? And it's good to know this fruit that we bear, we can't do it alone. Can I encourage you? It will be remaining in him, but it's with each other as well. The body of Christ, we are exemplified in the same. We all play a part in each other's lives. Okay? So the Father sometimes at pruning will use our brothers and sisters to help do the pruning. Sometimes I can be some scissors coming to prune you. Always in love to make you more fruitful. Okay? But what does that mean? What does pruning look like? Oh, this is the bet you're thinking, oh, T, what does this pruning look like? Situations and circumstances can be a pruning process that God makes you more fruitful. Can I encourage you? It is painful. Sometimes. Oh, T, I didn't like that bit. Can you remove that bit? But when there comes a cutting, when there, it is painful. But if I know, Jesus said this, for the joy set before me, I endured the cross. Was the cross a big joyful event? Come on, put some nails in me. Woo! This is exciting. Whip my back. No, 
but he knew knowledge came. He knew the joy set before him, that it was going to produce a fruit, the salvation of mankind. Therefore, he said, God, not my will. Your will be done. Pruning, if you want to say. It can come in circumstances of if you have unforgiveness. Well, teach, certainly that's not a... No, there's times that we forgive, but there's times and situations that make it hardest to forgive certain situations. I just dealt with this this, this week. A member of our body situation occurred and they became angry. Now, that's not their normal response. Now, I didn't go to say, oh my gosh, you're not a Christian. I can't believe this. But the Holy Spirit's brought something light and he's pruning through a situation that brought to the surface thing that God wanted to make right. Now, I says you can do two things. You can fight or you can embrace and allow the Father to do his work. And when you do, you will be even more fruitful. Forgiveness flows easily, not with resistance. You see? So situations and circumstances. It can be hurts. It can be disappointments. Anger. Loss. Betrayal. Death. And you think, gee, those are circumstances that are quite rough. They are. Every one of us experience challenges. But it's how we, if we have knowledge to know what the Father is doing, to say, Lord, I want to be even more fruitful in this situation. Don't run from it. Okay? So pruning. Say, prune me, please. Because I want to be more fruitful. I want to be more like Christ. So just so I'm not making this up, because you think, oh, gee, where does it say this in the scriptures? We'll refer to it, okay? James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. You can write it down. I promise you I'm not being heresy or heretical here. Consider it pure joy, brothers, when trials come your way. It tests your faith. And what does it produce? Perseverance or steadfast. And what's the finishing bit? To complete... That you may be perfect and complete. He's interested in making us perfect and complete. That's the pruning process, to make us perfect and complete and to bear much fruit. Now, I want to encourage you, don't run from the gardener. Adam tried to do that. He tried to hide. Adam, where are you? You can't run. You can't hide from the gardener. God's everywhere. And let him prune and let him do his work. Don't go, oh my gosh, don't do that, Lord. But say, Lord, do your work. Do your wonderful work. I'm not running from it because I know it's only making me more fruitful. Amen? So don't fear it. Don't run from it. Because God's job, make the Father's job easy. Make it really easy. And we'll be all fruitful people. Amen? So we know that he doesn't prune because we are bad. But because we are good. Because we are made in the image of Christ and because we're already producing fruit. Amen? Amen. So, praise God. Let's go to point two. Point two, taste and see. This is verse eight. We want to jump to verse eight. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Not just bear fruit, but bear much fruit. His heart, can I encourage you, whether you've been a Christian for 50 years, pruning does not stop. That's right. 
I mean, I'm sure there's some folk that have been walking with the Lord saying, it doesn't stop. Why? Because he wants us to be even more fruitful. Amen? We've seen the importance of showing ourselves to be his disciples. So it's hard for you and I is to bear much fruit. But it's important we know, which we've already stated, you can't do it on your own. Okay? We can do nothing apart from Christ. So why try? Why try to build and fix your marriage through your clever wisdom or ideas? Well, she just needs to see my point of view. Oh, let the Father prune you. That I become a servant to my wife and lay my life down just as Christ loved the church. I know I'm bringing it real. I know you guys don't. But we gotta, folks, this is real stuff. This isn't something we read in the Bible and just think that's nice. Jesus is interested in being outworked in your life. Not on a Sunday morning. That's an aspect of it. But God's heart is in our life. He wants to be involved in your life, not just on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m. His heart is saying, I want to be with you to make you more fruitful, to make you a better husband, to make you a better wife, to make you a better son, to make you these things, because that's His heart, to be more fruitful. You getting it? Not because you're bad, but because His heart is for your marriage to be even better. Well, T, it's pretty good. Well, if it's good, he wants it even better. Well, T, you know, we're happy. Well, how about let him prune you and make you even more fruitful? Can I encourage you? This fruit is not something we have to try or force out. We don't have to squeeze it out. Peace. Patience. Love. Because when you remain in him, now this remaining, oh, thanks, Greg. This remaining is being in fellowship with him. Not moments. Okay, it's fellowship, but on a 24-7 basis. Yes, I know we have to have time set aside to be with you, but God's interested in being with you all day long. Okay? He is with you all day long. Let me just remind that. He is with you. It's just us recognizing it and welcoming it. Amen? So it's remaining in him is in the fellowship with him, fellowship with the church, and being in his word. Amen? So his heart is for us to have an intimate relationship. And out of that intimate relationship, when we have that time, there are times that he prunes us. Okay? Even when you're in your presence of God praying, the Holy Spirit just speaks to you, the Father speaks to you, and he brings something. He says, I just want to deal with this because I love you. I want you to be even more fruitful. I'm not telling you you're bad. I'm saying I want to make you even more fruitful in this area of your life. Okay? It's important how we view God. Please hear me. He's not sitting in the back of the room writing down all the things you've done wrong. Now, I understand in the natural, some people have experienced that in fatherhood. And I'm sorry about that, but God wants to change that view. Okay? Of a loving, kind father that says, I'm for you. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to make you even more fruitful. Amen? So it's important how we view Jesus and the Father. So it's in our marriage, our friendship, work, school, finances. It all plays a part. 
It all worked. Jesus works everywhere. Well, you know, it's just for a marriage. You can't be in the workplace. Well, of course you can be in the workplace. What happens when you have to deal with someone that's difficult, that doesn't like you? That could be a circumstances for God to even make you more fruitful in your response to that. Don't run from these things. Allow him to prune you because he loves you. Amen? So we talked about how you could do it, remaining in him. That's fellowship with Jesus and the Father. Can I say be purposeful in this? Relationship is not one way. It's two way. The Father is so perfect, he keeps coming. But you know what? We have to respond. So one of the biggest things is we have to learn to listen. Listen afresh. Holy Spirit, give me a fresh ear to hear what you're saying and encourage me in. Okay? So listening and talking with Jesus. Basically prayer. That's what prayer is. Listening and talking. Notice I said listening first. Because sometimes we can come in, but it's listening and learn to hear the voice of God. Amen? Reading his word, fellowship with the church. And also, can I say this part of that fruit is doing his works? Doing his works, sharing your faith, praying for the sick, being a friend, encouraging. I'm bringing other miracles in there instead of just the ones we quote to say, I want to see the dead raised. If that's all you focus on, you're missing out on the goodness and kindness of God and his creativity and his miracle power. That's great. We want to see that as well. But it's the fullness of all his miracles. Amen? So, what are some of the fruit? You guys can answer. What's some of the fruit that comes out of our life? Being with Jesus. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Long-suffering. Oh, woo! Self-control. What's your? Loudness. Oh, mildness. Sorry. I must have, I probably have that gift of loudness. <laughs> okay, mildness. Meek, Yes. Joy, meekness was back there, forgiveness, fun, are you sure? Could you give me a scripture to say that God is interested in us having fun? (laughs) I came to give you life in all its fullness, yes? John 10, very good, okay. Anybody else? Huh? Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Oh, rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice. Folks, can I encourage us? We've got the joy of the Lord is your strength. What's that? Oh, God laughs at his enemies. <laughs> yes, this is true. But folks, it's a fruit that should flow out of us. Now that's something we have to pull. But it's something that we are. Okay? So you've just heard out of of your own mouths that the joy of the Lord is my strength. See, when you try to do it on your own, it's hard. When I try to be joyful without God, it's hard work. When I try to go through difficult circumstances on my own, it's hard work. Matter of fact, I don't produce any fruit. But when I remain in him, when I stay in fellowship with him, with him, he speaks to me and he says, I'm going to give you strength. Just ask me. 
Yeah, but God, I'm just, just, just ask me. Humility was one of the things said. Was humility one, or meek? Yeah? Can I encourage us? That is not a weakness. To say, I need help. That is a strength that says, it's not about me and I'm doing everything on my own. But I'm saying, you know what? I need some help. I need some encouragement. If you're struggling with the Lord in your walk, ask for help. Ask God, but get around your friends. There's no condemnation in this house. It's a house of love. We've all faced challenges. I know you're going to think it weird to say, I don't read my Bible every day. Please put the stones down. Oh, T, but you're an elder in this house. Some days I, I don't read my Bible. Might be busyness, whatever. Most days I do. But you know what? God doesn't condemn me. He doesn't condemn you. He just says, come on, son, let's hang out. I got so much to share with you about who you are and who we are together. Praise God. I hope that's over. So we've talked about what this fruit looks like. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Can I encourage you of those things? You don't just have a few of them. You don't think, well, I'm really good in this one, but I'm not good in that one. I'm really good, T, with the, the patience one, because God knows I have to have patience with you. But kindness and goodness and faithfulness, well, you know, I know we need to do them, and I do them occasionally, but God wants us to be fruitful in every single one, and even more fruitful as our life goes on. And can I encourage you, this fruit is not for you and us alone, but it is for the world around us to taste and see that the Lord is good. Isn't that wonderful? This is the Father's glory, that we bear much fruit. So let's shine, as Mark said last week, on the stage of life. Praise God. Okay. The last one is basically loving Jesus, loving me, and loving you. Okay? Verse 16 and 17. If you want to jump there, this is, we read it already, but we'll read it again. It's good. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. Love is a wonderful thing. It's not something man made up. It is from God. God is love. The Father's love. He loves us so much. You know, he loves you so much. He does. He loves us so much. Jesus loves you so much. He's not against us. He is for us. He loves us so much. You're familiar with 1 Corinthians 13. We won't go there, but it talks about love. Love in action, not in theory. But it also says in here, I want you to bear fruit that will last. It's an interesting thing, isn't it? We're being fruitful, we're being pruned. Well, if we are producing fruit that will last, certainly we don't need to be pruned. So what is this fruit that will last? Roger's looking at me. Where are you saying, what is he going to say about the fruit that's going to last? 
1 Corinthians 13. These three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. All the fruit that we produce and to be more fruitful is because of a place of love. Because of our intimacy with him, his intimacy with us. But I want to encourage you. Can you be purposeful with your love? Because we can read about it. We can quote it. You can even say amen here today. But Jesus was extravagant with his love. See, he didn't come and just tell you that he loved you. He showed you that he loved you. Why? He died on a cross for you and me. We read about no greater love than this, that a man lay his life down for his friends. And that's what we do to each other daily because we love each other. So be purposeful, be extravagant, be fearless, gracious, faithful, creative. Have fun. Have fun loving each other. You guys aren't looking very joyful. I'm talking about love of the Father of Heaven that has moved earth and heaven, that has changed your life forever. And you look like you're saying, just get me out of here. Because I don't want to hear any more about this love thing. I don't want to hear any more about Jesus. I just want to get home and eat the roast dinner. I want to encourage you. God loves you. Jesus loves you. Turn to someone and say, Jesus loves me. Now you need to return it back to them and say, Jesus loves you. You can only know this love by remaining in Him. Well, T, I made a decision. That decision was not for you to go to heaven. That decision was for you to come to know Him and His love in reality every day. He didn't send His Son just to save you, to get in heaven, to stand and just worship Him. He saved you to have an intimate relationship with Him. Together, you and Jesus equals success. But this love is not something you can go off and do on your own. But it's remaining in Him, having fellowship with Him. Again, just so you know that I'm not just making these things up. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave. If you're a lover, you're a giver. If you're a lover, you're a giver. If you're a lover, you're a So when we gather as the people of God any time, my only motivation is to give. Because I've been with Him. I've remained in Him. So when we come together, it's not just about what I can get or that, but I've come to say, I want to give extravagantly to you, God. I want to love you. Because you have loved me so much. So, give your life, give your love, and yourself to others. Give yourself away. Give your love 
don't hold an account of how much do I need to do. There is no account. Just give it away freely. Amen. So that's love and action. So 1 John 3.16, same as similar to John 3.16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech but with action and truth. It's beyond words, folks. It's a reality. Why? Because if we remain, we know that his heart is to make us even more fruitful in our relationships with each other, our relationships with each other to draw, draw closer. The friends, this doesn't mean it's easy all the time. That's part of the pruning process. You've heard me share of the testimonies in my own life. My mother in prison. A stepmother who committed suicide tried to commit suicide. A father who left me. A sister who had an abortion. This is my life. But when he came in, he changed my life. And he started to produce fruit in me that infected the family around me. It wasn't just me going to my mom and my family saying, I've come to Jesus, hallelujah. But they saw love in action. Where forgiveness had to be given even though they didn't deserve it. But you see, when I remain in him, he talks to me. And he says, son... You were like that to me. And I loved you. This is the gospel. This is our life worked out. The fruit for others to taste and see. And what happens? My mom who was in prison that wasn't walking that comes to know the Lord. And gives her life to Christ. The mother who committed suicide. That was trying to commit suicide. Yeah, you can give praise to God. She's with our Lord and King now. Can I encourage you? Do I miss her? Yeah. I do. But you see, I have knowledge that my mom doesn't want me to be mournful and sorrowful because she said, son, you've got a race to run. We're cheering you on. Doesn't mean we dismiss times of challenges and pain and hurt. But don't miss what God wants to do in that hurt and pain. He wants to make you more fruitful. Father, I want to thank you for your love. Your love that changes us every day. And Father, we all want to be fruitful in our lives, but we want to be even more fruitful. So Lord, we stand together and we lift our hands to you, Lord. And we say, Lord, do your work that you do so wonderfully. It's not a work that is against us, but a work to make us more fruitful. Lord, I thank you for the people of God, your sons and daughters. I thank you, Lord, that you're committed to see us to be perfected, to be more like your son. Jesus, bless everyone here. I ask, Holy Spirit, the words that have been spoken today, that they bear fruit. And that people become even more fruitful, extravagant in their love. 
But most importantly, Lord, I ask that they would draw closer to you. That they would spend more time with you. Not because they haven't, but because you desire to show them even more of your goodness, kindness, and grace. Father, I thank you that our best days are ahead of us. And Father, I thank you for the salvation and the miracles and the things that are coming our way. But Lord, in the midst of all that, let us keep our eyes fixed on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I trust that's helpful. You've been listening to a message from All Nations Church Cardiff. To download other messages, subscribe to our podcast, or find out more about us, log on to www.allnationschurch.org.uk. Thank you.